are far worse things waiting man than death. You will be scared shitless. And this is S. Michael with the Scared Shitless Podcast. Joining me as always is Charlotte Spark. How are you this evening, Charlotte? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, I can't complain. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to cover a movie that a friend of mine, Mr. Tommy Click, and I promised him I'd give him a shout out. <laughs> Tommy has been following me around ever since I started the podcast, asking if I would please do this movie. And I kind of kept putting it off and kept putting it off. And then I met somebody who's into J-horror just as much as I'm into 80s horror. So I thought, <laughs> why not? Let's do it. So I finally yeah. sat down and watched it. And oh, my gosh, what a ride. Um, I just and I'm going to probably let you do most of the talking during this one because I have only seen the movie once, but I know yeah. for a fact that I'm going to be watching it way more than once. <laughs> um, Definitely. Yeah. It really hits hard at that first viewing. And then you might want to take a period of time between the first and second viewings just to let everything settle in from that first initial shocking viewing. Um, and this movie is shocking is a good word to describe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did you know anything going into it at all? Um, just, you know, the uh, AFI or the, what was it, A&E's Top 100 Horror Movie Moments. Um, it was yeah. briefly mentioned on that. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting, you know. Um, and I thought, well, this is just a torture porn movie, you know. So I wasn't, you know, excited about seeing it. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. But after finally sitting down and watching it's way more than that. Um, yeah. It, it's pretty much every kind of movie you can think of all squeezed into one. And then in the third act, it's like, no, we're a horror movie. <laughs> we're definitely a horror movie. <laughs> oh, 100%. So, do you remember the first time you saw it? Yeah, I am. Um, I watched it because it was all like on the top 10 disturbing lists. And I was, um, the director's done another film that I love, Ichi the Killer. Yes. And that's also a very disturbing film. So I was like, you know what? It's about time. I'm going to stick it on. And it was all that I didn't expect. It starts off as a beautiful, like twisted love story. And then the climax just really takes you on a roller coaster. And I love it for that. Yeah. So uh, let's do what I, usually do is start at the beginning and at the beginning we find ourselves in a place where we find ourselves in many many horror movies and that is somebody dealing with grief um yeah. you know I, I could go on all day about the movies that feature either a mother who's died or a father who's died or children who have died but a couple that come to mind are sinister there was no mom in that one uh the babadook there's no dad um you know, but just there's movie after movie where grief is the central theme. Um, and it is one of the central themes of this film, but not the only one. And no. one thing that I know personally about grief is that if you end up in the wrong space while you are grieving, you are capable of anything. And with Ariyama, yeah, we have a guy who is a stand-up guy. He's a hell of a dad. He's a hell of a husband. But the grief allows him to go to a place that he might not have gone without that grief. He goes to a very yeah. 
Weinsteinian place is the only way I could think of to describe it. Yes, that's a good way to describe it. Um, it's uh, I think he's very, um, he's very confused about his misogynistic like tendencies, and I think he's not that self-aware, and he's especially with his work colleagues, I think he plays off that. And I think with grief, being alone, you're trying to make friends. And I think the people he surrounds themselves are quite harsh towards women. And as much as a good father he is, it's slowly, you know, he turns into this very sleazy character. Yeah, I, uh, scummy was the word I had written. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, mine was sle sleazy. Is, uh, versus <laughs> him being an otherwise stand-up guy, you know, and so it's yeah. almost, you know, doubly tragic to see him go to that place. So, yeah, he uh, has these colleagues that are in the film industry, and he has a partner who says, hey, why don't we do a movie and don't worry about whether or not we actually get the movie funded or if we even get it made. The whole point of this movie is going to be to find you somebody who you're attracted to, who you can, you know, marry and not yeah. be lonely anymore, which, you know, like you said, surrounding yourself with the wrong kind of people while you're grieving, bad move. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know. <laughs> wow. the whole scene is there's so much to unravel in just that auditioning scene well the film title audition but with the scene alone it's just like what I love about this film is whether you take it or not it's quite um it's quite a feminist film and it's horrible to see these men just use these poor women and like they're so hopeful for this audition and you really feel for them putting their all in and they're just kind of objects of Absolutely. lust. And, he... and she comes right out and says it, and, you know, while she's doing the torture, mm. she's like, you treat women <laughs> like this and that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh... you know, in a way, maybe not to this degree, but in a way he definitely had it coming. So, yeah, but it's just like, even though he picked her from the beginning, he still has all these women and they're asking him so, like them such inappropriate questions. And it's, it's really like, I think that scene's quite hard to watch um, personally as a woman. Cause like you just really feel for them. Yeah. And it almost plays out like a comedy in, in part. Yeah. Like just the, the absurdity of it all, you know, where you just have woman after woman after woman in the seats in the room yeah. surrounded by all this, power you know and that's the power dynamic i think yeah it was, it was a good uh visual of that power dynamic because here you have this desk with these powerful men but you have in the middle of the room this one chair where woman after woman after woman is just looked at as a commodity you know yeah so it's definitely a powerful feminist message um and that's one of the things that i love about this movie is that you know you're gonna yeah. hear a lot of people probably from my age group uh, complain about how much of a slow burn it is, but it, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't see the first kind of scary stuff until about 40 minutes into the movie, but there's yeah. a reason for that. They want you to take this roller coaster of what am I watching? What kind of movie is this? So it starts off with this sort of melodrama where, you know, his, his wife dies and he has to deal with the grief and the tragedy of that. And then it goes to the audition part where it's almost a comedy, um, but then it has these feminist overtones, you know. So mm. it's comedy plus social commentary. Um, yeah. And then you've got the next part, which is the mystery of it all. Like, who is this girl? Where did she come from? Yeah. 
how did she get a hold of us without an actual agent? What's going on here? And And she's so cold. And I think the actress, I love her. She's in a few films that I love. And she plays this character so ghostly and cold. And she just walks in. And she's so creepy, but he's, like, infatuated with her. Which is Yeah, so strange. Because it as is. a guy, it's like, if I was him, I'd be like, that's off-putting. She's just staring. No, thank Right. you. <laughs> It's But he almost is, like, like, really what into was her. he looking for exactly? You know, if you, Hmm. if you look at the psychological implications, was he looking for a ghost? Was he looking for his wife? You know, was he looking for somebody who's as broken as he is, you know, having lost his wife? It's hard to say, but at the end of the day, that's not how you're supposed to find a wife. No, and I think as well with her, she's she's so obedient from the beginning and it's like that's what is stereotypical like what men would look for in a wife and she sits and she's so prim and proper and like even though she's creepy, she's obedient and she, anything they say she'll do and I think that's why he's so drawn to her and that's also like a commentary on itself about what Yeah, men look and, for in women. you know, I'm not Japanese, so I can't really comment on Japanese culture per se. But one thing I did notice is that throughout the movie, he is expected to have a wife or a girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, You know, that's yeah. expected of him as a man of his stature. Uh, and even his secretary, I saw some Oh. undertones of jealousy Yeah. there. Like she was wanting to maybe be considered to be his wife or girlfriend. And when she tells him, hey, I'm getting married, you, he's like, okay, He good doesn't for care. you. Because Yeah. they they hooked up and it's not actually like in your face like they hooked up Yeah. but there it is there especially when he's hallucinating she's there and it's like kind of told that they hooked up and he kind of went eh, tossed her aside Yeah. done with you but she still was very much like I want to be with you want to take this further Right. and then he was and that's like the sexism undertones that he kind Yeah. of just goes ah another one And that's another layer to the feminist commentary. hmm Um, but yeah, I noticed she said something like, A man is expected to be with a woman, something along those Yeah. lines. And um, yeah, I mean, so he rose to the expectations in a rather sleazy way. Yep. And then he starts to get his comeuppance with some actual horror. So 40, 45 minutes into the film, we start unraveling this mystery of uh, who Asami is, where does she come Mm -hmm. from? You know, we have this dinner date, which it could go either way. You know, she... Yeah. Seems like she's very innocent and sweet, but then she also un unleashes a little bit of baggage, you know, like, oh, Yeah, I mean, a ton of baggage. I've been through some stuff. And it's like, well, <laughs> which way is this going to go? And it goes just the way that you would expect a horror movie to go. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, when I first watched it and like the mental health that this poor woman suffers with and the flashbacks, but you, you never know if she's actually like telling the truth. It kind of comes across as it could be either. Like, she's, she's such a mystery, and that's why I love about her, that you don't know if any of it's actually true. Hmm. Yeah, somebody that crazy, uh, crazy enough to do the things that she ends up doing is capable of anything. And that, that includes Yeah. just fabricating a whole thing just to get her rocks off. Um, but she's the other monster of the film. You know, there's there's two monsters. There's the patriarchy and then there's her. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And how monstrous 
we find out she is is not completely revealed until the final act but we get bits and pieces no pun intended <laughs> um, as he goes looking for just who she is and where she's from and mm. um he meets the piano player yeah and what a creep oh my gosh i don't know what rock this guy crawled out from under but i was instantly like just oh my god this is like dr jekyll and mr hyde and igor and all of them all rolled into one and he's yeah. missing feet and that takes on some implications later but what we find out later is that if you piss her off if you end up on her <laughs> shit list and you are missing feet it's because you've done something to piss her off. And apparently this guy. Yeah. And we see through flashbacks. And so that's what makes this, I think, a unique film is the the nonlinear aspect of it. You know, mm -hmm. um, we see flashbacks of him abusing her and just how sick and twisted he is. And we don't feel a bit bad for him and his wooden feet um, <laughs> as creepy as they are, because he definitely had it coming. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, but the first scary scene, of course, that we see is when we find out what happened to the manager. He's in a bag. <laughs> yeah. And now she's that her guy. own manager. She's her own manager now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and seeing that bag move for the first time oh. was just such a great jump scare. It was like Carrie level jump scare you know where the hand comes up out of the rocks at the end of Carrie it's like yeah because you've been waiting for the whole film a good 40 some odd minutes like I said to, and for something to happen and and it does and it's it's very effective because you keep seeing images of the bag you know all throughout the film so yeah no, the, I... the other aspect of it that was kind of tripping me out was the dream sequence at the end you don't know what's real because yeah. it's been drugged and so I found that. Let's go ahead and do the scared shit list. You will be scared shitless. Uh, and for anybody who's joining us, the scared shit list is a time during the show where we talk about the things that actually scared us that we thought were scary. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I've got to say, the dream sequence where he's lying in bed next to her was the scariest moment for me because it's like, is this real? Yeah. Has, he, has he gone through the things that we saw him go through, which included having a severed foot and pins stuck in his stomach and under his eyes? Yeah. Um, or is this, is this real and none of that happened? Or did that happen and this is like what could have happened? It's just so surreal and weird and scary that I was like, tripping balls for a minute <laughs> yeah. it is and i love it what the scene where she's laid at the bottom of the stairs and she's just talking to him yeah. and he's just it's just like you bizarre. see that her neck is broken but, but she's, she's talking. talking to him yeah and she's saying oh, i've never been so happy you know or I've never yeah smiled so much whatever it's like oh my god she is crazy yeah i mean only j-horror i think you know takes it <laughs> to that next level of just surreality you know yeah no, I love it. I mean, for me, the I don't, I couldn't pinpoint the scariest part for me. But if I was gonna pick one tiny thing, it has to be the dog bowl. Oh God! As that, someone, that. <laughs> I have a, I have a phobia of it, and to only find out that it was all real, 
it was her own stick because she was a method actress and she demanded that it had to be her own. Every time I watch it now, it really makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I heard that in one of the commentaries too, and they didn't give the details, but uh, now that I've heard the details, I'm like, oh, well, no wonder her uh, IMDb is so short. <laughs> I know. She's been in some, she's one of those actresses that she's not been in a lot, but what she's been in is just all wild. Wow. Well, that's pretty damn scary. Yeah. <laughs> the whole miss yeah. of tongue and that was the idea of it was just disturbing to me. Like he has no tongue, so he can't lap it up like a dog. So he's yeah. got to actually inhale it. You know, like, it's horrible. Ugh, it remind me of the fly. You know, Jeff Goldblum Ugh. sucking up the donuts in the fly. It's, yeah, stuff like that makes me like scares me more than blood or anything. It's stuff yeah. like that. Like the fly is another one that makes me go because it's all the liquids and fluids. Yeah, that, ugh. Ugh. Not for me. Playfully called vomit drop. Yeah. The <laughs> uh the other physical thing that bothered me that I thought was scary was the pins, not just the pins being in mm. his belly, but then once she sticks them all in him, you're like, well, what's she gonna do with him? Is she gonna leave him there? Is she gonna take him out? And then she's like, No, nah, I'm just gonna crawl up on top of him nonchalantly and push him down in there, you know, who cares where they land? So he's yeah. probably dead meat, you know. Um, that's not something that I think the human body can tolerate too much of. No, um, so creative. Yeah, so he's most likely doomed, but it's interesting that his son does arrive to save the day. Mm -hmm. uh, you do get that not quite Hollywood ending of, you know, the good guys, quote unquote, winning. But if you think about it, have they really won? Like, and he's are they gonna, the good guys? Are they? Yeah. <laughs> if his dad does survive, he's going to have to explain everything to his son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, Not the it's best a, example. Yeah, it's a very awkward conversation to be having. No um, any other thoughts on this movie? Um, I, audition from 1999. I, it's one of those, I could talk about it for hours and you go into how I feel. Because it's one of those films that I think if you look past all the disturbingness and all the creepiness, it's such a a beautiful story about the lasting effect of abuse and what it has on people. And to, you know, it's people aren't what they seem and you never really know anyone. And I think the director just tells the story in such a beautiful way. But then on the flip side, a lot of people really hate this film and think it's very misogynistic and it's just horrible and they don't like it and I personally love it and I think it's one of those stories that needs to be told but maybe with less of the vomit and all that all right. and, the, and then the feet <laughs> well and to think that this came out in 1999 so this was pre-Saw yeah. you know this came out before Saw it came out before the Hostel movies this probably was too much for a lot of people oh, at the time it's still too much yeah. for a lot of people although you know compared to some of those stuff that came out later it's actually tame but that's just how hollywood works it's a gradual thing you know we uh started yeah. off with the faces of death and the mondo stuff in the 70s and then now we've got the saw movies and terrifier and just nothing yeah. is sacred anymore See, it's all been done before now yeah, it's all been done we've seen it all we've been desensitized to it but i gotta tell you the way that this was represented even though i've been desensitized um, it was highly effective you know yeah 
Um, I'll never forget the little tongue. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. What the hell? Four missing pieces. It's it's such a good film, and I I think the slow burn makes it even more creepier because it's just it's not right in your face. It's just slowly unraveled. Then you're sat there for the last half an hour, or so like, what did what just happened? Oh, and what, what masterful! Did I, what did I watch? Yeah, what masterful direction? I mean, like I said, he starts yeah. off with melodrama, comedy, mystery slash romance, feminism, and then just in your face horror. Um, yeah. You know, there's not a lot of movies that take that route, um, not in the way that this one did. So, no. uh, if we're gonna rate this movie in terms of J horror, um, I've only seen a handful of Japanese horror films. Um, I would put this right at the top uh, in terms of direction, in terms of character development, uh, and gore. Yeah. Uh, as far as horror movies go, I'd give it a solid eight. Um, you know, compared to other movies that I love, like The Ring and Dawn yeah. of the Dead and, you know, Dracula. I mean, yeah, it's right up there because of what it does with its mm. subject matter, you know. Yeah. No, I um, I agree on that rate, the eight. I would put it as an eight, but for J-horror for me, it's probably about mid-level because there are better. And there's oh, wow. I personally have different favorites, but it's um it's such a beautiful story and like the representation like you said I love that so much but in terms of scare factors and grossness I've seen different J-horrors that do more of that for me and I would recommend Ichi the Killer by the same director that is all out gross gore disturbing from the moment it starts I mean that's a really good recommendation to follow audition if you're not a fan of the slow burn but for me, I prefer Ichi the color. So I put it in awesome. the middle. Thank you for the recommendation. And yes, you heard it right here, folks. Charlotte Spark recommends Ichi the killer. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's broaden our horizons. Might... You know? <laughs> some people might not forgive me for that because it is a wild film. Well, I think we're coming up on the end, yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I really appreciate you uh, joining me for these. Mm -hmm.